Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome into another edition of the Arrowhead Pride interview series. My name is Pete Sweeney. I'm the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com, and it's a pleasure to be joined by Tyler Bischoff. Tyler, you are one of the hosts of the Press Box, Monday to Friday, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. on ESPN 100.9 in Las Vegas. So I'm sure you are ready for this Chiefs-Raiders game coming at us on Sunday noon Arrowhead time at Arrowhead Stadium. It's the uh, best game on the schedule for Raiders, but also usually the worst game on the schedule for the Raiders. Like it's certainly last year, the Raiders were able to get this one and they got the whole trip around the stadium and everything. Oh, the best part. I mean, listen, you take a victory lap after a regular season win, you know, it's been bad for your franchise. I hope Rich Passaccia does the same thing. I hope he's ready to go with the bus victory lap. It's a tradition now. Every time the Raiders win at Arrowhead, they need to take a victory lap. Speaking of all that stuff and, and getting a little bit serious now about some of the off-the-field stuff, how have the expectations maybe changed for this team from the beginning of the year and, and with some of this stuff? And some of it's been heavy, you know, and, and I, I could imagine it's maybe altered things quite a bit. Yeah, it's – I mean – the Raiders is a franchise. I mean, it's, it's been the playoffs once in 18 years. Like they're, they're down there with the Browns and the lions. It's like one of the worst of the last two decades. So, I mean, they went into this year and Mike Mayock was talking about that need to make the playoffs. Like this is an organization that needs to make right. the playoffs. And John Gruden's gone, but it, I don't feel like the expectations changed a whole lot. I mean, Hunter Renfro even said last week, you know, you got to win games. Like that's what they're here to do. I mean, Rich Passaccia did mention like, you know, you can't just look at the scoreboard. You got to be worried about the process and all that. But I think the expectation is still playoffs, especially they started three and zero. I mean, they, they were off to a really good start and as bad as the season seems to be for the Raiders, they're still six and six and every team they play from here on out is either in the playoffs or, or a contender, somebody like the Browns or something like that. So they can still sort of, earn their way into the playoffs but expectation wise I don't think they're going to make it but I do think it's it's a even with Gruden even with Henry Ruggs and everything that's happened this year I still think it's a failed season if they end up you know eight nine win team and miss the playoffs yeah Tyler I know it's the middle of the season and so for the players it's probably like well what other choice do they have but I've just been impressed from the outside looking in of the buy-in into Basaccia and Mayock, I mean, this was a, a complete change in the middle of the season, and it seems like they're really behind these guys. I know it's been up and down recently, but it seems like they are really behind these guys. They seem to love Rich Passaccia. I think that, like, as far as picking the interim head coach, yeah. uh, he was maybe a surprise from the start. Like, Gus Bradley's been a head coach before. Uh, Rod Marinelli's on this staff. He's been a head coach before, but they didn't go to either one of them. They went to uh, Rich Passaccia, who's never never done it before. But it 
it came off pretty clear in the first like week that Basaccio was the interim head coach, sort of why they picked him. Like there's definitely a, a love factor for Basaccio. Now, as an actual coach, I think he's cost the Raiders quite a few opportunities. Like he's, I think he's been the most conservative coach in the league in terms of punting or kicking on fourth downs this year. I mean, if there's, if there's a fourth and three anywhere past midfield, they're never going for it. Like it's just not happening. They're going to kick the field goal. They're going to punt it. So he's been extremely conservative in that regard. And I think it's hurt them more often than not. But as far as just the players liking him, the players appreciating him or wanting to play for him, they absolutely made the right choice because they they do. I mean, everybody seems to love Rich Passaccia. So the Chiefs played the Broncos last week. And what was interesting about that is the offense has been struggling, yet Vic Fangio was still aggressive and going for it on a lot of fourth downs. And it it seemed like, from what you're telling me, Passaccia might be less apt to do that. When you talk about the fan base, what's the confidence level in the Raiders fan base going into this game at Arrowhead Stadium? Yeah, what day of the week is it? Uh, changes every day. Um, <laughs> it's very much a fan base that wants to, I guess, fire everybody after they lose. But then by the time Thursday, Friday rolls around, they're going to win the game. Like it's, of course, yeah, they'll, they'll go to Arrowhead and beat the Chiefs. That's going to be no problem whatsoever. So I, I think most people would expect a loss because it's Kansas City. Derek Carr's played extremely poorly in Arrowhead in his career. Like I think most people are expecting a loss. But at the same time, I think there's a lot of people, and and it's, listen, as a fan, I don't blame them, but there's a lot of people looking at it, six and six, beat Kansas City, and and hell, the division race isn't even over if you can go to Arrowhead and win a game. So there's still optimism just based on the scenario or the situation they're in, but the reality is most people are expecting them to lose this one. Is that question there all the time? Like, can Derek Carr really beat the Chiefs or is it a greater conversation about whether or not Carr is the proverbial guy for the franchise? It, it's the bigger question about whether he's the guy because he's clearly he's clearly a good quarterback. Like he's not he's not a bad quarterback. You could win with Derek Carr, but this is his eighth season with the Raiders and, and the organizations failed him. They have not put a competent defense yeah. on the field until this season. And then they had to tear down the offensive line to do that. They don't have any good wide receivers. They had to bring in Deshaun Jackson mid-year. So they've never really put a good team around Derek Carr. But there's also moments where it's very clear that he can't elevate the rest of the team. Like in an ideal scenario, you build out a good defense this year, which the Raiders defense is, is solid. I know they didn't look solid against Kansas City. But other than that, they look good most of the year. But Carr hasn't been able to elevate the offense consistently. Like it's it's been there at times. They come back to beat, you know, Miami and Baltimore early in the year and, and Thanksgiving against Dallas. Offense looked great, but then, you know, I think it's what five of the last six games. They've been under 17 points. And you, you're just not winning many games in the NFL when you put up 14, 15 points like they have been. And that's the problem with Carr, is even in his good years, there's still plenty of games where he looks bad. He looks like he's not elevating the team or making guys around him better. And that's sort of the issue with quarterbacks nowadays. If you're going to pay a guy and granted, he's only making 20 million this year. So it's not like he's that high paid, but if you're going to pay a quarterback 30 million now, he's got to be able to make up for some of the deficits that are going to be on your roster because you can't spend as much at other positions. What's been so weird about Vegas. And you mentioned the rebuilt offensive line early on in your, your answer there What's been weird is, uh, you know, you go into the NFL draft and all of a sudden the offensive line becomes a need. But other teams, they kind of eventually over the years, they fall into a need. It seemed like the Raiders 
made their own need at offensive line where they in the offseason just said goodbye to three key players. And and I imagine that has to be maddening for fans who are looking for more and more talent to surround Carr. So I, I would agree with you. I don't think the Raiders have done a good job just giving him what is a fair opportunity. And it's led to more and more questions about him. I want to get into this game specifically by looking back to that week 10 game, specifically in that game, from what you can remember, what do you think went wrong for the Raiders there that might be preventable in this next game? I am fascinated to see if the Raiders continue to play cover three. They play cover three more than any other team in the NFL. It's Gus Brad. That's what Gus Bradley does. He plays cover three. And there's been so much talk about Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs against two high safeties. But the Raiders don't have a second good safety for coverage. Jonathan Abram is their strong safety, but he can't cover anybody. And the Chiefs is where he's been exposed more than ever. I mean, it was something ridiculous. Like he was targeted nine times and gave up a hundred and something yards in the first meeting with Kansas City. So ideally, if you're playing the Chiefs, you want to have two high safeties all the time, but the Raiders don't have the second safety to do that. So I'm fascinated to see what Gus Bradley does because it fits his personnel much better to play cover three, but you also just saw Patrick Mahomes pick apart that coverage. So if you're Gus Bradley, I don't think there's a right answer because I don't think putting Jonathan Abram in coverage works. I, I, don't, I don't think that's going to go well for the Raiders, but I'm also not convinced playing cover three is going to work as well. I think defensively, it probably comes down to can Max Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe make the secondaries more irrelevant, right? Can they get to Mahomes enough? But as we've seen, getting to Mahomes doesn't always lead to good things for the defense. He can break it, break it down anyways. Yeah, the Chiefs, as it turns out, they have two solid safeties in Matthew and Thornhill. And then sometimes the cornerbacks need additional help, but they've been really helped by the advanced play of Melvin Ingram and Frank Clark and Chris Jones. And as it goes, it does make every level of the defense a little bit easier. I have kind of an obvious question for you, but I'm just wondering if you have any additional insight. How much of an impact is maybe Darren Waller being out of the lineup uh, hindering, I should say, the, the Las Vegas Raiders right now and in, into this game if he can't play? Yeah, it hurts, and and he hasn't uh, practiced yet this week either. So I would assume he's not playing unless we get to Friday, Saturday, and he's back at practice. But it it hurts, but Waller hasn't been as good this year as he has been in the past. He's certainly had some significant drop issues. He's never really been like a great run-blocking tight end. He's definitely more of the, yeah, that's a receiving tight end. So, But but it hurts more because the Raiders don't have other great receiving options. Like Hunter Renfro is a good slot receiver, but they, outside of that, like with even if Henry Ruggs was still here, it's not like Henry Ruggs was a dominant deep ball receiver. Brian Edwards hasn't done anything. Zay Jones barely gets any target. Deshaun Jackson only played like half the snaps last week. So they just don't have other good options. I mean, hell, Darren Waller's backup, Foster Moreau's a solid receiving tight end if they throw it to him. So it's it's probably not as bad as it thinks just because of the name power Darren Waller brings. But yeah. when you're Derek Carr and you're looking for literally anybody to throw the ball to that's not named Hunter Renfro, it obviously has that effect on the offense. Through this conversation, I'm kind of sensing that that you think the Raiders probably are going to lose this football game. But turning that over, what has to happen? How does the game script go if the Raiders are to win this game at Arrowhead Stadium? Yeah, cars. Derek Carr and the offense have to throw the ball down the field. Uh, that's been it's it's been weird where we've had very clear evidence that when Carr is aggressive, throws the ball, isn't worried about throwing into tight coverages, gives his receivers a chance. 
that the offense is good, but he only does that when they're losing. And that's why a lot of their wins have been comeback wins when they go down two scores. And then all of a sudden here comes the offense. It's because they're like, Oh, we can throw it down the field because we're losing by two touchdowns already. But in most of their losses, I mean, they, they throw it. I mean, hell they played Cincinnati two weeks ago. They get the ball inside the 10 after a fumble they throw it twice behind the line of scrimmage and they end up kicking a field goal. So offensively, they've got to have Carr throwing the ball down the field because the offense has been, it's been a very good offense when they throw the ball down the field and Carr's got to be, he's hes afraid of throwing interceptions is what it is. Like he's a very risk averse quarterback. And more often than not, that can be a good thing. Like you don't want to throw interceptions, but it also limits the actual yardage you can pick up. So he's got to be aggressive. And then defensively, it, you know, it comes down to can Jonathan Abram cover anybody or can they make enough tweaks in the cover three that Mahomes doesn't pick it apart because that's probably the biggest fear is that even, you know, bad Patrick Mahomes this year still torched right. the Raiders. Like, you know, right. even when he's having his maybe his worst season, he still went off against the Raiders. So it's I'm not too optimistic, but there I mean, there is a path. There, there is certainly a path that the Raiders are good enough that they can win an arrow. Yeah, I don't think it's like previous years where it seems like there there's absolutely no shot. I think the Chiefs are favored by two scores for a reason. I think what's interesting about Carr is we saw in last year's matchup at Arrowhead just a willingness to throw the football down the field. And outside looking in, I'm like, man, if he played like this every week, the Raiders would be pretty good. And I think you saw that at the beginning of the year. And then obviously everything kind of fell apart in in what was the middle of the year. And, and now we're seeing if the Raiders can kind of hold on uh, against the Chiefs. I, I always ask this on the interview series, if you could name one under-the-radar player on offense and one under-the-radar radar player on defense that maybe Chiefs fans should be paying more attention to. Well, let's, let's go Foster Moreau on offense simply okay. because Darren Waller doesn't play Moreau, I mean, he played 85% of the snaps. I think they only targeted him three times last week with Waller out. But one of them was, you know, they were fingertips away from having a touchdown. But Foster Moreau, if Darren Waller doesn't play, he's he's a good tight end. He's gotten some limited opportunities, but he's a good tight end. On defense, I'm curious to see who plays linebacker for this team. They just put Nick Kwiatkowski on injured reserve. Denzel Perryman and Corey Littleton got hurt uh, on Sunday. So I'm curious who plays there. Uh, Divine Diablo is a rookie that he played his first snaps at linebacker last week okay. and didn't look out of place. So if they still have significant linebacker injuries, Divine Diablo might be somebody that can make some plays or somebody that the Chiefs pick on over and over and it leads to a big day for Patrick Mahomes. Littleton, I'm, I'm a fan of, a pretty talented player. So he's you're, you're thinking he'll be questionable for this game? Yeah, I'll have to check what his uh, or what their practice status was right. for Thursday and Friday going into that. But yeah, they I mean, they all all three of their, their, their top three linebackers all got hurt in their game on Sunday. And one was significant. Kwiatkowski, he's already on IR. But yes, I, I, mean, I, I don't know anything about him. But Diablo, the name that is oh, it's great. Come on. Oh, it's so great. Divine Diablo. It is such a great name. That for the Raiders, I, I, I hope he's good plays right into the Raiders and that whole lore of the, the black hole and whatnot. All right. Well, thank you so much to Tyler Bischoff. You can catch him Monday to Friday, 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. on the Press Box, ESPN 100.9 in Vegas. How can people follow along with your tweets and some of your content uh, on the Twitter sphere? Yeah, at Bischoff underscore Tyler is the Twitter handle. And then, yeah, we've got our show up at lvsportsnetwork.com and we do a a ton of Raiders, a ton of Raiders and Chiefs on today and tomorrow's show. And then plenty on Monday, 
probably after the Raiders fall to six and seven. <laughs> well, that's good news for these Chiefs fans. Thank you so much for joining us on the Arrowhead Pride interview series. Thanks, Pete.